Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Ask Sharifa. And today is a special day because as my friends know, I launched my second book today. Oh, I'm so excited. I put on my little lucky green to celebrate the day. And for everyone, I just appreciate all your love and support. My new book, Signs You Might Be an Entrepreneur, How to Discover the Entrepreneur in You, is now available on AskSharifa.com, on Amazon, and Amazon Kindle. And you know, my book is all about entrepreneurship, so I was so excited to be able to sit down with a gentleman who knows all about entrepreneurship, business, leadership, and how to help your small business. So I have the honor, the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Rocky Romanella. How are you, Rocky? Well, very good. I'm very good. Thank you for having me on. And by the way, congratulations on book number two. You should be so proud. I mean, I've won and I'm still figuring out how to start too. So outstanding job. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, my first book was published in 2009. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I struggled for some time to get to, to book two. So, hey, don't feel bad. It, it's kind of what we do, but I'm excited. I'm on a roll. And so, again, our topic for today, even though I don't typically have topics, is small businesses and leadership. So I was taking a look at your information. And aside from what you're doing now, which we're going to get into, you were with UPS for over 30 years. Oh, that is amazing. Is that how you got your start in business? Yes, uh, I started uh, as a part-timer on loading trailers in uh, Edison, New Jersey in uh, 1976. So I uh, started oh, loading trailers. That's when I was born. There you go. Look at that. Well, I guess I'm giving away my age, but... Uh, it's okay. So, Me too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was working my way through college and working part-time at UPS. UPS had a had a promotion from within policy, which I took advantage of. And so it gave me the opportunity to grow and develop inside of UPS. Uh, I was there for 36 years, retired from UPS, took on a job, <clears throat> excuse me, and a role as a CEO of a telecom company where we built cell towers, upgraded cell towers, had a sale. And then uh, I guess you could say, Sharif, I struggled with retirement. So I retired from UPS, <laughs> retired from the company we sold, and then started my own business, um, 360 Management Services. And uh, it's, a, it's an exciting times. and. Uh, I have such great respect for small business owners and for entrepreneurs because, you know, as I grew and developed inside a large company like UPS, I was responsible for the UPS store network and I got a chance to meet so many wonderful small business owners. And what you learn from that small business owner is nobody's more all in or nobody's more committed than a small business owner. And so I have such great respect for that small business owner. And I said, you know what? I learned a lot from them. Let me see what I can do starting my own business. Wow, that is so interesting. Now, one of the things that you said is you struggle with retirement. People always ask how I got, you know, asked Sharifa. And I always tell them it's really because my phone rings and people are, will tell me, I don't know exactly what you do, but Rocky said, ask Sharifa. So after all these years of business, you know, now you're doing consulting. Did you have that to a certain extent where people would just call you and ask you these leadership and entrepreneurial small business questions because they knew that you had the experience? Well, that's how it really started. You know, uh, people would call me and say, hey, I know you did some speaking. I know you did speaking while at UPS. And, 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 you know, as a CEO, we were a public company. So I had investor calls and they said, hey, are you interested in doing any public speaking or keynote speaking? Yeah, if you, if, if you need help, sure, if it's a topic. 
lead some leadership training. And then it re- kind of morphed into these three legs of the stool in our company where we have the keynote speaking, we have the leadership training, and then we have the consulting. But, but I think the thing that really drove it is I really believe the essence of good leadership, and we're all leaders at one time or another uh, in, in everything we do. I know some people say, oh, I'm not a leader. We all, we all are, and we can talk a little bit about that as well. But I think it's about legacy. And for me, legacy is do you leave things a little better than you found them? Are people better because of their time with you? Are your customers better because they do business with your business? And so for me, this was a chance to continue that legacy piece. I was fortunate to work for a great company, met some wonderful people. The book is a chance to leave a legacy, right? Leave some of those writings behind, leave some of those experiences behind. Absolutely. So for me, it's about legacy. And this is kind of my way of continuing a little bit of giving back. Yeah, but you also don't look like the type of guy that just wants to sit and, and watch daytime television either, you know, and how many times can you spend on the golf course? I mean, you just seem like you're active and you want to do so many different things. So I can definitely see why you you started your own business. Now, this is one of the questions that I'm often asked. Did you see what was like the main difference you saw between operating your own business and working for such a large corporation as UPS? Like, did you think it would be easier, harder? Like, oh my God, this is what it's really like? Well, I was fortunate to have the uh, the example of the franchisees and and, and working with them. And so uh, I would say initially before I had that opportunity to work with entrepreneurs and small business owners, you tend to think, oh, it's gotta be more difficult inside a large organization. But the reality is, is nobody is more committed or all in than a small business owner. And what I mean by that is, if you think about it, they take everything they own in the world and slide it across the table and potentially say to a franchisor, hey, I want to buy a franchise. And that could be everything they have and own. So that, that, that makes them so committed to, to, to building, growing their business. I think the second thing that I think doesn't happen inside of a large corporation what happens inside a small business is the fact that, you know, at the end of the day in a small business, you hit the cash register, door open, pay your people, pay your vendors. What's left is what you take home. Right. You you know, think about it in a large company, you could miss your business plan and your business, your operating unit, but someone else may have made it. So the whole company makes it. So, you know, you're kind of propped up by your team small business owner, what's left in that cash register is what they take home to their family. And so that to me is why I believe that small business owner, I have so much respect for them because of that commitment and that understanding of, you know, I really got to make this work and it's, you know, I've got to, I have to be, I have to drive the engine. I have to be that person that drives the results. And Mm -hmm. I, I, it's just a great skill that they have. And I, I have such great respect for them. I I love it. It sounds interesting, but one of the words that you mentioned, keywords, was franchises. And I know we all know that UPS is everywhere. When you speak to small business owners, are there any specific reasons why you would suggest or suggest that they franchise or not franchise? Well, it depends on the business that you're starting. Now, the, the, the value of being a member of a franchise organization is there's a brand that's identified that has great brand recognition, and there's, there's an operating system that you start immediately with. And so as a franchisee, you know, you're an independent business owner within the context of this franchise network. And so I think that there's that little bit, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Okay, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got to work within the bounds of my franchise organization 
but I've got the operating network behind me, the operating system behind me, and frankly, a brand that's world recognized. Uh, so it, I think when you think about it from that perspective, there's value in potentially wanting to be a franchisee. Mm -hmm. How, there's also value in being that independent business owner that's not a member of a franchise organization because what you're starting is maybe something unique. So the first, you know, five guys, right? You know, that right. starts out as an independent person, but as time goes on, they realize, well, this can be replicated and duplicated. And that's generally when you start to think about, well, maybe I should franchise this network uh, mm -hmm. because it's a duplicate, you know, I could replicate this. Uh, I could build an operating system around it and, and can I grow that brand? So I think it depends on what your, what your service is, what you're trying to accomplish in your business. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, but I always tell a small business owner that's starting their own individual business, you know, as you're building it, make sure you have some really good processes around it. Cause the process is not only, uh, give you a chance to replicate good and, mm -hmm. and have consistency in the way you execute your brand promise, but it also is going to be what you need if you decide to franchise someday. Right. And so I think that that's, that would kind of be the difference. If, 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 if it's unique and you're starting it, you're probably going to be an independent business owner. But if, if it's a situation where, you know, you know what it's like and McDonald's opens up, you're going to get people online. You're not going to have to explain to them what the what golden is. is. Right. UPS store opens up. And everyone knows, okay, what, what takes place inside that UPS store? And so you immediately have a customer base. That makes perfect sense. It, it's one of the things that I've been taking a, a look at is just, and I've been asked about is the franchise opportunity. I, I personally, um, I just like being a business owner. I, I think I don't like being confined by any other guidelines. You know, you, McDonald's, is known you, there you can't go make your own you know mcdouble or big mac your own right. way you know this is the sharifa hardy as sharifa version of the big yeah. Mac. that it doesn't work that way you know so that is the restrictions of a franchise but again exactly like you said you have that branding where it's well known and and everyone knows it. So I think that that's good. So with small business owners, one of the keywords that you mentioned was processes. And when I talk to small business owners, I tell them the same thing. Like you have, before you do anything else, you have to set up processes and procedures. They may often find it difficult to find, to set those up, especially if it's a one man, one woman shop. Do you find that the majority of them come to you with processes in place? No, I, I would say that the two, the two things that I think uh, we spend the most time working with and small businesses with is one is, is that process mm -hmm. because there's a documentation piece, right? So you build your business and nobody knows your business better than you because you're the owner and, and you know the business well. And so it's, but, but you need to document and, and that's the part of the process that sometimes gets missed. You, you may have a process, but it's, there's no documentation anywhere that becomes important in, in two key areas. The first is obviously that so you can replicate good and then each, each customer experience can be consistent. But the sec, but the next time it's really, really important is when you grow and you need that second employee. So when now when you have that second employee, you've got, you really need to be able to have an organized approach to teach them the procedures, the practices, the processes to continue along to keep growing the business, but also provide, that world-class customer service at every engagement. So, so processes are generally, I would say a small business owner would tell you they have processes and they probably do in their mind, but it's not documented or, and so we help, we help them with that. 
I think the second piece that may not be so important day one, but a, but quickly thereafter, what becomes important is is the fr- the owner generally because it's usually a one person or two two people in the very early stages, they're day to day. They're very tactical. Mm-hmm. But part of your responsibility as an owner is what is my business going to look like in the next six months, one year, eighteen months from now? What are the decisions that have? So there's a strategy. piece that sometimes gets high growth periods, you know, good news is you're doing really well. Uh, bad news is you're doing really well and your day to day, your head's down chopping wood and you're missing, you know, six, you know, a year from now you look up and you say, wow, there's been a new technology. There's been a change in the marketplace and I kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. So part of what we help them with is at some point, Hey, you know, with a strategy session, you know, we like to do these one day whiteboard sessions. Okay. Things are going well. Can you, let's remove yourself from a day from the day, let's remove you from a, you know, one day from a day to day of the business running. Let's talk about where do we think our business is going? What are we going to look like in the next six months, year, 18 months? Because there are potentially CapEx, there's potentially things you may have to buy. There's technologies you may have to learn. Those things become important. So those are, I would say the two areas that we tend to spend a lot, you know, most of our time with, with the small business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it'd be, you know, when, when we're done, you really feel like you've been very helpful and, and they're very appreciative because as, as they'll tell you, I, I'm just trying to get by day to day, you know, trying to fill that cash register when the drawer opens, there's something left in there for me and my family. Right. Exactly. But even with processes, I think, okay, bit small business owners, they understand, okay, we need a process. So Rocky said process create the process. He told me what to do. He worked with me and now I have this process. I think another mistake or challenge that small business owners have is they don't understand the importance of training. They have this process. It's a written process. And and then they hire the next person. I'm Sharifa. I'm the new employee. And it's like, okay, here's our processes and procedures. And I get this manual and I take home, you know, that day I come back the next day and I do my job. And I haven't even looked at this processes and procedures. And maybe it's a reference. Maybe it's on my desk. You know, I'm kind of checking through it. But there isn't an actual formal training to, to make sure I understand every aspect of the processes and procedures, especially like you said, I, I'm just trying to, you know, get the profits at the end of the day, make sure I have enough, put my head down and keep working. Do you work with or speak with small business owners about training as well? Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think the two parts of it, the first part is, and, and, and sadly, I will tell you that not only in that small business world, it's also in very large businesses. One of the one of the casualties of you know some of the recession recessions and things that we've gone through in the con- company. So it's a combination of recession and then hyper growth. The casualty is people. What I mean by that is the onboarding process. Okay, yes. you know when we're cutting back, the first thing we cut is training, and the first thing we cut is onboarding. So the next thing you know is you used to have a, a wonderful onboarding. You learned the history, the culture, the company. It was marvelous. You got went home with a binder. Your parents were like, "Wow, look at that binder you got." You know, <laughs> yes. the, the casualties now an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Here, here's who we are. This is what we do. Show up tomorrow at eight o'clock. You better start doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the onboarding is a casualty, and hyper growth is a casualty because you need the people so quickly. Just start. Right. And that's, and think about it. First impressions are so important. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same in small businesses to your point, you know, 
uh, you think about it as a small business owner, am I really going to sit with Rocky Romanella for five hours mm-hmm. and onboard him? Now, come on, we're a small business. Come on, right. just follow me, kid, right? <laughs> just right. follow me around the store, right? So I think that there is, that there is a piece of that onboarding that, that's, that should be uh, well done, very thoughtful, and purposeful, right? And so, so I do feel like I'm going someplace uh, important. I feel like I'm part of something. The second piece of that is the training piece, to your point. You know, how, how, what are the things you train me on? What are the, what are the things that, that are important for me to know? And, and, and there, there needs to be an organized approach to that because what you learn first, you retain the longest, and then you feel like you're part of something. Mm-hmm. Because if you're making mistakes, we all learn by our mistakes, as you know, but if I'm making them in front of a customer, mm-hmm. uh, I may be learning, but I may lose a customer because of that experience. Right. So I think that part of it is, so the documentation on the training and then how you, how do you spend the appropriate amount of time with the, uh, with that person. Now I, I was at a conference a few, uh, about probably almost a year now, boy, time flies, huh? And one of the topics I spoke about was as a small business owner, how do I hire against Amazon, Apple, you know, Google? Because those are all the three big ones that everybody kind of wants to work for. And how, how do I, as a small business owner, how do I hire against that? How do I retain that top talent? Because I need that top talent as well. And I think the first thing is don't apologize for being a small business owner. How many times you'll hear a small business owner saying, hey, Sharif, I got this wonderful job. You know, but I'm just a small business. Right. Right. No, no, no. Be proud of that. Mm-hmm. You, think, you, you think that in Amazon, Jeff Bezos is walking around saying hello to everybody? But you no. are as the owner. Think about He's not that. You're out there at all. Yeah. Not You're even the owner. Out. He's not even there. <laughs> Think about how cool that is. I know the owner. My the your name may be on that on that you know company logo or name, and I mm-hmm. I know who you are. So be proud of the fact that you are a small business. Don't ever apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the experience has to be that kind of experience where you say, yeah, maybe if you maybe your your check says Amazon, and it's it's cool to say you work for Amazon. But you know what? You work for us and we care about you as an individual. We want you to be part of the family. You know, we, we, we do have programs for training and development. There's a succession plan at some point. So I think that, A, don't ever apologize for being a small business owner because you got so much to be proud of. And it's cool to say mm-hmm. I'm the owner and, and people are excited to work for the owner. And secondly, you know, take advantage of the fact that you can do things that sometimes a small company can't because they're so busy being a big company. Right. No, I think that's wonderful advice, and it just reminds me of one of the things that I always say is I, I try to get them to take to stop saying entrepreneur and small business owner. You're a business owner. If you have a business, you have a business owner. I know when you go to certain filings or you have to fill out any forms or certain things, it, it'll ask based on revenue or different things. But if you're a business owner, you're hiring people, you're growing, you want people to feel comfortable knowing that you're the owner of the business. So I completely completely agree with you on that statement. Now, I also want to go back to one of the things you said about training and you might lose a customer. The other aspect is not, you might keep that customer, but you may also make a multi-million dollar mistake. For a small business owner, it might be, you know, a $500 mistake, you know, if you are properly and adequately trained, but that $500 may mean more for that small business owner than that $10,000 might mean for a larger company. So that's excellent point because these larger companies have war chests that, you know, they can eat up those type of errors. 
No, that's true too. And I also think, you know, in a small business atmosphere or, or any business atmosphere, but especially when, when it's, it's, you know, cause remember the, the, the beauty of that you starting your own business is that relationship that you have with your customers. Right. Uh, that you see. And, and, and so you really never want to let them down. And mm-hmm. so your ability now, if you do it properly and I'm saying, you know, you're introducing me, Hey, I want to introduce you to Rocky. He's, he's our newest member of our team, by the way. He's our first employee here. Mm-hmm, right. That customer is going to embrace me. They're going to they're going to help me through the process. Yes. In fact, they may even help me. They probably know the process as good as the owner, or 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 in. So they'll be the ones helping me. So it's it's how you it's the pride at which you you say to that customer, or or the pride at which you go about your your routine that says to me as the newest member of the team or family, you're really happy to have me here. Actually, you're yes. pretty proud that we got to the point where we can add someone to the team. Yes. I mean, that is an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment for any business to be able to add an employee or to be able to add employees. It, it's an accomplishment. And so having the processes and procedures adequate onboarding to make sure it's the same across the board that employees understand so we won't lose customers. I definitely think that's important. So do you have any events or leadership? Where can people go to see you speak or find out more information about you. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, so uh, I have a, a, lot of, a lot of my YouTube library. Uh, my website is very interactive. It's www. It's the number three and the word 60 management services. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my speaking is, is uh, in keynotes and some conferences, but I also love to come to small businesses. What I, one of the things I would love to do with small businesses, they'll buy the book. Mm-hmm. The name of my book is Tighten the Lug Nuts. And they'll buy the book, and then if it's geographically close, I'll come visit, or I'll have like a Zoom or a Skype conference call with them, and we'll discuss chapters. It's like a book club almost. Oh, and I like that. And it's really nice because it's small, intimate. There's five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine, ten people, depending on the size of the company. But it, it gives them a chance to feel like there's perpetual training going on. And, and so I think that that really works out well. Uh, I respond to you know, all inquiries and questions on my, on my website. So I do a lot of interacting with small businesses that way. They'll send me, hey, I heard you speak or mm-hmm. I listen to your podcast. You know, I'm not a podcaster. I don't have mm-hmm. the talent you have to do that, but I'm the interview <laughs> person. I'm the person being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I load them all up and there's, because there's different topics. Today we're talking mm-hmm. about entrepreneurs and small business owners, but We've, there's different topics that, that I'll do. And so that becomes a library of information for them Well, as well. And I'll get an email from them and they'll say, hey, I listened to this podcast, got a question about this that's going on inside my business. So I, I love the, the, those kinds of questions because I feel like you're making a difference. I feel like you get, you'd be helpful. Just something simple like that you know, can be very, very helpful. So, and my book, uh, similar to yours on Amazon, I'm, uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble online. Uh, I'm doing a book signing in Virginia. Uh, I'll be posting that up on my website in, uh, I think, April, the middle of April. So I, I like doing book signings as well because it gives you a chance to meet people and talk to them. So. I can tell you, you want to get out there and shake those hands and kiss those babies. I don't know if small <laughs> business owners bring the babies, but you understand what I'm saying. You want to get out there and be among the people. I love it. Now, with the small business owners that come and speak with you, do you see any patterns across the board of like the number one theme that you see reoccurring with small business owners to where you're like, if they only just knew this, I would be able to help them? I would say the number one thing that I 
that, that I always talk to them about is, is a trust your instincts, your mm -hmm. instincts are good. Right. And I think, you know, there's B quit apologizing for being a small business owner. You got a lot to be proud of. And then C you, you, you need to make sure that your strength doesn't become your weakness. As I said before, your strength is, you know, the business, you're passionate, you know, you're com committed. What's your weakness? You know, the business, you're passionate and you're committed. So mm -hmm. you're going to have to, you know, I'll give a quick, quick example. How many times, you know, especially around Christmas or if you're in a retail setting and you've got this wonderful retail store and you got two or three people working in the store and they're helping you find the goods you need. Mm -hmm. But there's a backup. The backup now is at the cash register. Why is that? Because the owner's the only one allowed to use the cash register. Right. Okay, well, you got to trust your people. You know what I mean? You got to train them and trust them. And so, you know, that's sort of a small example. But, but what it says is, look, if you're hiring me, and prepared to train me to, to do all the things I need to do and, mm -hmm. and help me become proficient so that I can really, you know, feel like I'm part of this, you know, part of the team, a part of the family, you know, and I think that, I think that's so important. So, you know, your strength of knowing the business, you know, being committed and, and, and having that ownership stake is so important mm -hmm. find, you have to find ways to translate that to all the people in your care. I loved your example and it brought up an excellent point. What I find is business owners typically have ish, an issue or one of their weaknesses is delegating, you know, delegating, 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 because, you know, they trust themselves. They, they you're so used to doing it themselves and there's so, so many tasks or, you know, things that need to be done that can be delegated. Do you find that the people you work with have a weakness with delegating? I think most people have weaknesses with delegating, right? Because, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's that feeling of, uh, you know, allowing someone I think I, to, to get the job done. And I think the, the biggest mistake that, that people, people make in, in leadership or roles and have roles and responsibilities. And, and that's that the people who are in your care, who work with you, right. They need to understand, you know, you got to give them the authority that goes with the responsibility. You know, I hired you to work in my business, and yet I, I want you to feel like you own the business, take my, you know, uh, take good care of my business, be a good steward of the business, take care of the customer, yet I give you no authority to do that. Mm -hmm. well, that's just frustration. That's how, you, that's how you turn people over. That's how you have, right. and it's the same thing, whether you're sm a very small business or the largest corporation in the world, people tend to, to, to not be able to give over that responsibility. And so I think you have to really make sure that, that you, that, the responsibility that you're asking your people to take, you're giving them the authority to make those things happen. And then the second thing is you get so busy in, in small businesses, same in large businesses. So that's why I'm kind of agreeing with you. It's just business and whether you're small or large, in many cases, many times it's the same problem. We, we, we just don't know how to celebrate successes. Right. I mean, right. there's nothing wrong with, Hey, great job today. Thanks for coming in. Really appreciate your efforts. Those little simple acts of kindness go a long way, no matter how big or how small you are. And it reinforces what you believe as the owner or the leader is what good looks like. What good looks right. like is what you just did. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You have to reinforce what good looks like and what you're trying to accomplish. And we sometimes, uh, maybe because we're busy or maybe we just, you know, you know, just don't take the time. For me, it's always about taking the time to make sure you recognize your people and make sure that they know that you value them they know that you recognize how hard they're working because I tell you the last point on that is sometimes the family members wonder, Hey, do they know how hard you're working? Like right. I, used to always, 
I used to always love to send recognition letters home to people's houses and people would say, well, Aww, that's sweet. Why are you doing that? Well, because, you know, my husband, the, my, your wife or whoever, you know, would, would open the letter and say, hey, you got a letter from Rocky Romanella, the CEO of the company. And he said, hey, thanks for all the great work you're, you're doing. Well, now she's happy that her husband got recognized or she's happy. You know, it, it, you just, I just think sometimes the, the people who care about us and love us are wondering, do they realize how hard he or she's yeah. working? And so it's yeah. nice if you could recognize them. No, I love it. That's a wonderful idea. I think I'm taking a lot of notes. And I just wanted to agree with what you were saying, especially about the authority to delegate. But I think it's also the freedom to, to do the position, not only the authority. I, I agree the authority. But so often, you know, CEOs or bosses, they give you the authority to do something. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to be gone. Go ahead and work the cash register. And then they, they leave and you work in a cash register and, and it's like, okay, well, they, they, you don't, they still question your freedom to make decisions when they gave you the authority to do it. And it's just like kind of confusing. But one of the things that I like about you is that you seem to be a people person. And one of the people that I look up to is Richard Branson. And one of the oh. things that Richard Branson of Virgin says is that if you make your employees happy, they will make your customers happy. And so that's one of the things that I definitely try to live by. Well, I think that's, I think that's very true. And I think your greatest asset in your company isn't, isn't, you know, look, a lot of companies have new technology, you know, world, you know, world-class facilities, but what differentiates your company from everybody else's company is your people. Cause they Absolutely. are, they represent the brand, right? And so the closest thing to your customer is always that person you know, in your organization that's touching the customer. Well, that's the person you want to make sure is feeling good about your company, understands what role they play. If there is a service disconnect, you know, you know, do they have the authority to fix it? Do they have the authority right. to make it right? Or can they move it to the right person to fix it? That's the brand right there, right? So nobody ma manages or cares or has uh, the brand promise, understands it better than that, that person that's dealing with your customers. So I, I look at People, they're not an expense. They're really an investment, right? And so your greatest yeah. asset, your greatest asset in every company is your people. I love it. Now, Rocky, I've learned a lot from you. I've taken plenty of notes. I think I'm going to have to go draft that recognition letter. But we are coming down to the last few minutes of the show. And what I like to do is allow my guests the opportunity to really just speak to the viewers and let them know not only how to contact you again, but what you want them to take away from your interview. Well, thank you very much. So you can reach me, uh, as I said, on my website, www.the3in-a-word60managementservices.com. If I had to do over again, I would have came up with a more condensed, shorter name. So that's one. I like it. Thank you. Uh, my email address is Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, Romanella, R-O-M-A-N-E-L-L-A, -L -L at gmail.com. If you've got a question, you want to email me, please feel free to do that. And the website's very interactive. You can buy books from there as well, as, a, as we talked about on your website as well. Where the book is called Tighten the Lug Nuts. I like Principles, that. Principles of Balanced Leadership. Balanced Leadership for me is this concept of in all your decisions, you want to maintain a good balance. There's three key constituents, customers, people, and share owners. You want to make sure that all three are represented in all the decisions you make. I think you'll like the book because it's written as you and I are talking today in story forms. I tell a lot of stories in a book. I think stories... Uh, I feel like, you know, if you can make learning fun and, and entertaining, it's going to be very educational. So I think you'll like the book. It's set up with stories, but it's also set up with lessons. So it's called 
uh, tighten the lug nuts. The last thing I'd like to say to your audience is, I got to tell you, you do some really cool things. And the backbone and the engine of any economy is that small business owner. And I have to tell you, I have tremendous respect. Look, I, I may have had some really good titles. I may have had some really cool responsibilities. But I got to tell you, every time I look at a small business owner, I think to myself, I wonder if I could have done that. You know, could I have been that person that, you know, had, had everything so invested in their business? And so I'm trying now. But I got to tell you, I have tremendous respect for small business owners. I, I believe you're the backbone of, of you know, our U.S. economy and the backbone of business in the world. And you do some really cool things. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have great respect for you and I appreciate all the things that you're doing. Never apologize for being that entrepreneur. Because most of us are, are closet people who wish they were entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes, that is true. Well, thank you, Rocky. That was wonderful. Again, I made plenty of notes. I'm going to go and check out your website. And this has been a pleasure. I just want to thank you for being a guest on today's episode of Ask Sharifa. Well, thank you for having me. And it's a pleasure meeting you. And if I could ever help you or your audience, please know you can count on me. Absolutely. I will take you up on that. And to all our viewers, thank you for listening in. And as always, I ask that you share this interview because friends don't let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. So if you're interested in watching more of my interviews or to be a guest, visit my website at AskSharifa.com. Until then, everyone, go to Ask Sharifa and pick up my new book, Signs You Might Be an Entrepreneur, How to Discover the Entrepreneur in You. And see you all later. When you're looking to buy or rent a property, you need FireballApproves.com. They protect you against renter fraud and much more. Give us a call today at 904-580-6740 before you shop. If Fireball approves it, then you can rest assured that it's a safe deal. Why go anyplace else? With over 20 years of experience, you bet we've got your back. That's FireballApproves.com. Don't get scammed. Make sure Fireball approves. Agency number A180. If you want to take your business to the next level, then you need InTheNewsPR.com. It's the perfect PR agency that can increase your business exposure along with your media interest through thoughtful storytelling and strategic media campaigns. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 and see how we can get your company in the news. From marketing and social media to public relations and interviews, we've got it covered. That's InTheNewsPR.com. PR.com. Make sure everyone knows your business.